broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. 708, welcome to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Boating underway in New Hampshire. Attacks going on the Hooties over in Yemen. Uh, the Supreme Court allowing Border Patrol to cut razor wire. There's not a lot going on. Oh, yes, and polls in um, Missouri saying, wow, there's some surprises. M- leading the polls, undecideds lead the polls. Stephanie Bell's over there. Good morning. Good morning. You're all dressed up in white today. It's a very nice look. I'm I'm doing my best Nikki Haley in person. I was going to say you're looking very <laughs> Nikki Haleyish. White got, is for winners. John Marsh is down there reveling over the fact that we may still have a race with Nikki getting the first six votes in New Hampshire overnight. No, six votes got him swept Dixville notch. It it's a start. And Hannah, you're <laughs> oh. Hannah's over there rolling her eyes over Dixville. Go ahead, Hannah. It's your turn. Producer Hannah. I'm not rolling my eyes, more or less, trying to not have my head in the gutter. Okay, all right. Bill Knox energy, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, for um, some history here, I'm checking out 2016 because, you know, I'm thinking, who do these people, you know, what are, who are these people and who they vote for in 16? Apparently, they voted for Kasich in 2016. (laughs) Um, Mostly, I think Trump got two votes, Kasich got three, and then on the Democrat side, they all voted for Bernie. Uh, so I don't know that Bernie they're a reliable Sanders. source. Yeah, before, before that, they voted for Mike Bloom, Bloomberg. Oh, that's so. right. Yeah, yeah. So there's a mystery as three Kansas City Chiefs fans, quote, freeze to death, close quote, in a friend's backyard two days after the playoffs. And one was on the porch, like not even in the backyard. And their, their family has come forward and said, what is happening here and why why aren't you investigating why haven't how why hasn't anybody been charged this is a crazy story and john reporters haven't named the friend's house uh the friend's name because he hasn't been charged uh, authorities have said they're not investigating it as foul play but something doesn't smell right about this it's it's weird isn't it you know we then you you see the guys who are out there you know and the Sometimes you hear the commentators. Didn't we see the the Sub Zero game at Arrowhead with a couple of people with no shirts on out there? And then you then you hear about something like this. I don't. It just doesn't. Uh, cops have reportedly doubled down on their determination that no foul play was involved in the deaths. They say they're treating the case as a death investigation, not a homicide investigation. I could imagine maybe that the three guys got so hammered and are toked up that. They just froze it. They just got hypothermia. But why wouldn't their friend go looking for them? Right. He was as loaded as they were. Ah, they yeah. said he said he went to bed. He went to sleep, and you know, like you <laughs> for two days. Well, <laughs> initially he went to sleep, yeah. and you know, I, we've all you know been at a party, and you're like, I'm out. Like you guys keep doing your partying, and I'm done. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, apparently his family was like looking for them for 48 hours, and the guy wasn't returning any calls. And meanwhile, he's got dead people on his porch and in his backyard, and they're like, "Where are my friends?" Then at that point, wouldn't you think to like go look where where you last yeah. saw him? Um, and his family's even suggesting, hey, maybe they were poisoned. Which, like, I would be like, maybe they had, you know, I think maybe they had drugs. But you know, we've seen John. We've just got that case in Jeff City about a gal trying to poison her husband. Yeah, that's a good point. And she pleaded Friend, not guilty this week. Too. Friends and family are saying that uh, you know they were 
Uh, my husband banged. This is a, a, a friend. My husband banged on the door for 20 minutes. My friend banged on his door and busted a window and yelled and announced her presence while she's inside and still nothing from him. The cops come 10 minutes later. He comes out nonchalant in his boxers with an empty, <laughs> an empty wine glass in hand. There's just something so bizarre. I mean, maybe they, maybe they were just so hammered that he well, was too. And I, I think know. the families deserve an explanation of, you know, okay, their BAC was 0.22, so they can't feel cold. So we don't suspect that anything weird happened. But also as the victims, you know, if they weren't, I mean, because I think most people are thinking, yeah, maybe they were just drunk or on drugs or something. But if they weren't, then we then they should be cleared of that as well. Right. Like this. it We need more information for sure. And I think the fact that, you know, the family's not getting any answers is not helpful here. Toxicology reports, I think, will tell a lot about this story. But it's already been a while. Like we we should yeah. have had that by now. Right. Well, but remember, weren't there? Didn't it take forever to get toxicology on the friends, dude, who who died in his hot tub? Matthew Perry. Yeah, it turned out to be what was it? Uh, uh, I don't know. Some kind of it was uh, ketamine. Oh it was yeah, ketamine. Remember, because he was being treated for that. It's used know, to treat depression, right? Under medical supervision. Yeah. yeah that's been, well, it's it's been sort of a novel. It's a treatment rave you know, drug. Yeah, John, you you may have friends. I know I have. Uh, Patients whose moms would tell me that back in the 50s, in fact, my mother-in-law talks about that. Apparently, when she was delivering, that was a standard thing to use ketamine during obstetric oh. deliveries. And and you you talk about women were just literally dancing on the ceiling, you know, just literally. They were just dancing around. They didn't know what was up. It was. I mean, having done it three times, I would have said, give me whatever give me you ketamine. got. <laughs> give me the good stuff. We're a little more elegant now. We have better ways of dealing with that. <laughs> but they've been using it for uh, severe recalcitrant headaches and for depression, but under medical supervision because it, it is a respiratory depressant, as are most of these things. So um, you miss you mix one of those kind of medications or in this case, recreational drugs, whether it's alcohol or marijuana or, you know, stronger and, and a hot tub, for instance, and doesn't yeah. take long and kaput. You're done. Your blood pressure goes down. You stop breathing. It's all over. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, I think you're you're right, Stephanie. There's there's we have more to learn on this. While uh, we're while we're on our medical topics here, uh, you mentioned your friend earlier, uh, Doctor Bob Onder. Yes. And I think we heard a big rumor about him for this week. We're suspecting that he might be exiting the lieutenant governor's race and entering the CD three race. Yeah. He was in Iowa chumming with everybody. Uh, got a lots of good photos. Um, but then also. So we got a big announcement yesterday that Senator Travis Fitzwater uh, posted a, a lengthy thing about his family on Twitter and said, officially, I'm out. I think we heard um, also from Nick Shore that he is out because he said he wouldn't run against Dr. Bob. Um, and so that field is narrowing. And um, right now, uh, there's still some lane for, I mean, that, uh, there's some lane for a mid-Missouri candidate. Have we heard any more from Tony Lutkemeyer? There was some speculation there, maybe? And not recently. And, of course, there's a lot of, you know, you've got uh, Taylor Burks, you've yep, got Taylor. Senator Rowden, you've got, you know, Sarah Walsh. Uh, right. You've got lots of people um, who haven't said no, but haven't said yes. Um, so that race is shaping up to be, I think, pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I we need to touch base with Taylor uh, when it comes to the Hootie thing, because he spent some time over there yes. in that part of the world and so we hope to get him on um you know soon to talk about that maybe we can tease a little commitment 
or not out of Taylor. And Sarah, I have reached out to Sarah a couple times, and she's still contemplating it, right, from from all I can tell, because I'm not hearing that there's been any decision. Are you talking about Sarah Walsh? Sarah Walsh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of it comes down to, I mean, announced candidate who we had on the show last week, Senator Coleman, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, she's raised, she's saying that she's raised a lot of money. I think she's already reported $100,000, and she's saying she has commitments to $200,000. So as you're entering that race, you know, there are a lot of questions, and, and I keep hearing that. People are out making phone calls, and I think you have to know that you can get to a number that makes yeah. you a viable candidate before you were to give up on something else. Now, Dr. Bob can self-fund, and I, I he's yeah, already He put raised. in like a half a million already, didn't he? Right. Of his yeah. own money. And I know nothing about the inside, behind the closed doors, smoke-filled rooms of politics, but it would, it would seem to me that if you look at what's going on in the national scene, where there's there's a rapid coalescence behind Donald Trump. And I'm you know, Nikki Haley, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. I think it's good to have other voices in the campaign uh, to a certain point. But when it comes to Missouri electoral politics, uh, as a voter and as a conservative, I would like to think that, hey, why don't we focus on the general? Let's get behind a candidate that we know has a really good chance. Let's all coalesce. And the movement has a better chance rather than the infighting, because none of us have liked what we've seen at the House of Representatives and Speaker, you know, infighting. Uh, the Freedom Caucus here in Missouri, that's not worked out well. Um, infighting, the circular firing squad at the national level never seems to work out well. It's the Reagan mantra, you know, just be careful about what you say about others. Let's yeah. get that behind us. Well, I mean, we don't have to focus on the general because we know, you know, whoever we put up is likely going to is going to win um, because Missouri is so red right now. And so that um, that allows us the flexibility to fight it out in the primary. And I think in order to get to where you want to go, Randy, I think we are going to have to have a wake up call. And I think, you know, when a race gets really, really close, when a Democrat pulls off an upset, mm-hmm. that's when we're going to say, oh, maybe what we're doing isn't smart for the movement. Wise words. But that's it's going true. to be. But unless we get to that point, I, I don't see any the, the infighting stopping. You're right. And I guess that's what's really unique about American the American way. I mean, whether it's policy decisions, whether it's electoral politics, Americans are peculiarly reactive and not proactive, right? And they're and they're forgetful. <laughs> they're so forgetful. Yeah. I mean, when Matt Blunt got elected, I mean, it was a huge win. And so 20 years ago, I mean, it was everyone's on the same team. We've waited yeah. for this moment. We have these priorities. Let's 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 take the opportunity we've been given and use it wisely. And and how soon we forget. I mean, and so people just assume that Republicans will always be in power and forget that it hasn't been that long that we've been in power and they're taking taking it for granted. It, it, Jay Nixon. Yes. Yeah. You know, John, it, it really reminds me of when I think back as a young pup and just looking at the people who, even though they were on the other side of the of the fence, the Tip O'Neill's, you know, the Henry Jackson, Scoop Jackson's. And and those on the Republican side of the fence, while there was public um, disagreement and dissension and maybe even some fist pounding, at some level, you knew that there was statesmanship going on. And I just it seems like people have become so narcissistic that they're more interested in themselves than the movement, you know, and that trouble and, and in America or in Missouri or in Boone County. You know, I think we have to well, always sure. we've lost that, don't you think? Well, you think back to the Southern Democrats back in the day who were no, you know, not liberal by any means. Yeah. Stephanie Bell has no interest in CD3. 
<laughs> no interest. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Well, we hope not. Ask. First rights a refusal. I mean, after all. <laughs> no <interest>. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think uh, Mr. Bell has weighed in on that one. <laughs> he, he has. <laughs> okay, so uh, I, I, I'd like to know what y'all are thinking out there. Um, it, we're going to, we're gonna, you know, have to, have to figure this out. What's hot with Hannah's coming up? And we're not going to have time there because I promise Hannah I'm going to get to things on time more oh. often than not as we go forward. Oh, but, okay. So that was the a rule big changes. But. That was a big but. <laughs> Did you hear the but? Yep. It's okay. coming. But, but, ah, it come, it but come like 8, eight 10. I want everyone's opinion on where you're calibrating your vote in Missouri electoral politics and how much infighting you will tolerate and when do you exclude a candidate when it's become too harsh and too shrill we're going to ask those kinds of questions of cindy o'loughlin when she joins us at seven thirty-five. and now i'm going to step aside and be on time for what's hot with hannah because otherwise i can't take any more of the whipping my back is bleeding from the cat of nine tails every day after the show it's wake up mid-missouri with the whole gang here and you too we're glad you're here This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Mid-Missouri's official talk show. Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Official talk show. Is that even me? Official. Well, Hannah, I'd like you to take a look Whew. at the clock and say to the audience what time it is. It's about damn time. That's what time it is. <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Well, what's hot with Hannah? Here we uh, go. At 725, <laughs> as it should be. Uh, I brought my Stanley Cup in today. Ah, yes. It had taken a brief vacation because it was being washed. Oh, you did wash it so that you didn't have the cooties growing on it. Well, yes. I took it home to wash it, mm -hmm. but really it sat in my car for like a week and then I washed it. Because of the weather. Does the cold weather kill the cooties? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have not gone as crazy as this one Stanley Cup fan uh, making headlines this morning on Fox Business because she got arrested for her Stanley Cup addiction. And it's, got arrested? She, she got arrested. We're going to the state of California, where a woman was arrested after she stole 65 <laughs> Stanley cups and water bottles. What was their limit? Wasn't it like they weren't going to arrest anyone for under like $800? But Stanley cups are pretty expensive. I got to do the math on that. Well, the value was almost $2,400. Wow. And it wasn't just like the classic Stanley Cup, you know, the big five-gallon bucket with a handle on the side of it. It was, you know, they make kids' little tumblers. They make slim, like, travel coffee mugs. So it was an assortment of Stanley-branded cups. But, yeah, over $2,500, she got busted, and it sounds like she basically loaded it up in her cart at Target and just kind of tried to walk out of the store as if she... Just kept going. Yeah, as if she owned them. Uh, but she got busted pretty quickly on the highway as she was making her exit. And there is a photo of all of these Stanley Cups in their glory on the hood of the police car of the officer who busted her. How does that square with some of the stories we've heard where store employees have been reprimanded and in some cases fired because they chased after would-be shoplifters? Right. 
I, because they, wh- I don't know why that those policies are in place. Are they worried about personal injury to the employee and then some kind Probably. of liability? I think so. Huh. Well, and I think also some stores got into trouble because employees would maybe try to accuse a customer of shoplifting, mm. and then someone you know plays the race card, or yeah. they end up not having stolen yeah. anything and I, then it puts the employee in a bad spot and opens the store up for lawsuits that fires me up when someone accuses someone of taking someone else's stuff <laughs> really fires me up i'm telling you i can't take it that is so i it's I, can you believe that someone would ever accuse guy. someone of doing that like I maybe taking that, their lunch out of the refrigerator i okay. heard there were allegations <laughs> flying last week and i saw the finger being pointed at you randy I, no no okay okay she t- Text me, Listen. my favorite producer, <laughs> Hannah. Uh, you didn't wow. by chance sort of accidentally <laughs> maybe grab my... I'm like, is that what you think of me, Hannah? What, did you have some leftover Buffalo Wild Wings from a 2023 football game? <laughs> now, that would be in peril. That we, I might grab. No, so listen, he's here's... denying. Did we find the real culprit? No. Oh, here we go. Oh, this is like anti-racism. If you deny that you took it, somehow that means you took it. Is that what's going on here? I don't know. Listen, the, the background on this, okay, John, <laughs> I haven't gotten to rant to you about this yet. On Friday, I brought a high-protein, low-carb, Buffalo chicken burrito that I meal prepped from home, okay? Oh, wow. That I sounds was, yummy. Yeah, I blended cottage cheese for the sauce. It was a whole thing. I put it in the break room refrigerator, and it was gone <laughs> when I went to grab it at 10 a.m. No one eats lunch that early. Where did my burrito go? Did they steal your dish, too? It was, like, wrapped up in foil. Huh. I've got a toothache that I can't see my the, the endodontist for a week. That started on Thursday. I'm having to slurp my meals. I oh, wouldn't have been right. into your Oops. burrito. <laughs> Excuses. That sounds Sorry. like... Cindy O'Laughlin and the fireworks <laughs> of the Senate coming up. Thanks for making Wake Up Mid-Missouri your number one choice in the morning. But I got to tell you, uh, it was tough. It, it was difficult to watch her completely come unglued on the floor of the Senate this week. Uh, to see Cindy O'Loughlin, who is somebody, somebody uh, I respect and admire, uh, reduced to nothing more than personal insults uh, and just completely lost her composure, uh, was shouting at me, was yelling at me, calling me all sorts of names uh, because she was uh, very upset that I had, I guess, the gall to demonstrate to the whole state that they weren't really serious about getting these things done. Uh, she really didn't handle it well, and I think uh, the implications of that uh, are not good for the rest of the Senate as we move forward. Well, that was Senator Bill Eigel going after my friend Cindy O'Loughlin. Senator O'Loughlin, of course, is the majority floor leader of the House and uh, I'm of the Senate. Sorry, and I am. I was just stunned, Cindy, when my audience on Saturday morning heard that, and um, I wanted you to have a chance to talk about what's going on in the Senate and what happened last uh, last week that led to that little back and forth. Welcome to the program. <laughs> and good morning to you, Randy. <laughs> it's another week, another battle. 
You know, I think I've said this before. Too bad we can't take the politics out of politicians. Um, there's a there's a recording of every exchange that takes place in the Senate. So, you know, anyone could request that if they wanted to. But, you know, from my perspective, what happened was we started into the order of business and Senator Igel got up and tried to do an end run around our normal process and bring a uh, piece of legislation directly to the floor. And, of course, uh, the rest of the Senate would not go along with that. And he basically is cutting off any public comment, any ability for other senators to review what it was he was bringing up. And it's it's kind of odd because the week before, he tied up the floor talking about how we all need to have 48 hours to read the bills, that, we, that we're not reading the bills completely. And then the next week, fast forward, he brings one up that, you know, no one has seen. It hasn't gone through the vetting process. So, you know, every week it's a new story. That's it's really difficult. Also on um, on Scott Fawn's show this weekend, he called he basically said we need new leadership in the Senate and that that would solve his problems. Apparently, I saw you had kind of conducted a, a, a statistical analysis of Freedom Caucus members legislation. Can you talk a little bit about that analysis and whether or not you think, you know, in your response to him calling for a leadership change? Well, I mean, um, he voted for me to be the floor leader. And yet, this year, last week, tried to take over the floor leader position. And really, actually, the responsibilities and authorities of the pro Kim. So, um, you know, whether he agrees with it or not, I believe this is all a political um, quest on his part. He's running for governor. He wants to present himself as the only person who has good conservative ideas and really you know that's just not true the complaint last year from people who are in the conservative caucus and we need to remember they've started two different separate caucuses from the republican caucus they refused to come to the caucus this year where we set priorities and talk about what each individual senator wants to do um so when there's a, a gap in communication, I mean, I think that kind of falls on them. And their complaint last year was they were not given adequate floor time in the preceding years. And so I made sure that their priorities did get to the floor. I compared the amount of uh, number of bills that they had on the calendar, which on average exceeded the other senators' bills. I made sure that they got a fair shot at passing the things that were their priorities. So um, words, words and reality are kind of not matching up here. Senator Cindy O'Loughlin joins us, the Senate Majority Leader here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Senator, something we've seen used very, very sparingly on the Senate side, but the folks over in the House chamber use it, is the PQ Moving the previous question, if things can continue as they are, would this be one of those sessions where we'll see the PQ, the nuclear option used on the Senate side? 
You know, the Senate is has a long tradition of open debate. Sometimes it seems like endless debate, and we want to continue that. Um, I put together some information about the things that we want to accomplish this year and some of the backup to that. We have 12 initiative petition bills filed, 12, mm. uh, where we are trying to protect the Missouri Constitution from being changed every time an out-of-state group wants to get something on the ballot and get it passed. We have 20 school reform bills filed uh, regarding virtual education, additional accountability measures for schools, um, more parental choice, transparency in what is being taught, um, a teacher baseline salary grant program, and we have 31 tax reform bills filed. Now, the process is designed to send those bills to committee, let each of them be heard, take into account public input, try to decide what we feel is the best bill going forward, and then bring it to the floor of the Senate and have it debated there and then voted on. So all of those outcomes are basically stuck in the wings while uh, what I fondly call the Chaos Caucus holds the floor and prevents things from coming up. So... Um, how we will navigate those waters, I guess we'll find out. Um, Senator, I just, uh, for the record, yeah, I heard you reference the Chaos, Chaos Caucus. Uh, you're, of course, referring to the, the Freedom Caucus, which are, which are Republicans. And again, for our listeners, Republicans have a 24 to 10 supermajority. If they would ever somehow get united down there, they could probably pass almost whatever they want. But clearly there is um, there's a, a disagreement between the two sides. I appreciate, Senator, you coming on. And the media, media always focuses on you as being the majority leader in Jefferson City, and you are. A very, very powerful position. But you also are the state senator in the 18th District and serve a lot of our listeners in, in Randolph in Audrain County. So my question to you is more in your capacity as a senator from the 18th. The governor's going to go to the podium tomorrow to deliver his final State of the State address, 3 o'clock tomorrow, rare joint session of the General Assembly. What do you want to hear from him? What would you like to hear from him on issues, particularly transportation or something else? Well, I mean, I think we indicated that our priority is to, first of all, get I-70 in a condition that we consider safe and allows traffic to move freely through the state. We're committed to that. We want to see that through. As as far as the 18th district goes, um, I mean, there are a lot of <laughs> improvements that I think I've talked about several times over the years. Mm-hmm. We need additional uh, repair to roads that have been allowed to disintegrate into really a very poor condition. Now, last year, they did spend additional money But the problem is that the roads have disintegrated to the point that even if you put a different surface on, it doesn't last very long. So um, we need to address that. And I think the maintenance, for instance, when it snows or it's icy, uh, we have have a lot of trouble getting secondary roads cleared, and, and sometimes they're just not cleared at all. 
And I happen to know some of the people who work in the maintenance sheds, and I think that they are being called to go to St. Louis or Kansas City to help out there because they don't have enough help. So, mm. you know, we, we feel that people in the rural area are kind of left to the to the lowest position on the list, and we'd like to see that change. I think what was that was very interesting. That's the first I've heard of that, that there are MoDOT employees in the sheds in northeast Missouri being pulled to St. Louis or Kansas City because there's not enough help there. Did I hear that right? Yes, you did. Wow. That's a big deal. You know, it may sound like that's unrelated to some of the division and divisiveness going on in in the Senate. But I think people fail. I'm I'm watching just an avalanche of text here. Why doesn't she lead? Why can't they get something done? Uh, This... And I I think about what's going on at the federal level, Cindy. First, it was Speaker McCarthy. Now it's Speaker Johnson. And there seems to be a small contingent of people with loud voices who think that with a, you know, that that somehow you can bully your way out of usual order to getting what you want. If my IP petition bill isn't, reform bill isn't the one that makes it out of committee, by golly, I'm going to make sure it does. That doesn't ever seem to work out well in terms of what all of us agree we ultimate want, Do does it? And it's the same yeah. in this matter. If you've got big money, big representation, large population centers on either end of 70, I mean, let's be realistic about it. I agree with you, and I hear what you're saying loudly, but there is a reality of a workforce shortage, and all of the people in Missouri need to be served, right? And that's where I think it's difficult to manage that kind of a, a of a reality. Well, it is. I mean, MoDOT's not any different than than anyone else in the public or the private sector. They're going to have trouble filling the roles and having enough people to work. And I don't think anyone expects a miracle but it's pretty disheartening to have the people that are employed and live in our area be taken and sent to St. Louis because they don't have enough people to fill their uh, roles. So, you know, I it's kind of like the Senate. If you want to have a good result, you have to sit down like adults, talk about the pros and cons, figure out what it is that you're trying to achieve and and find a path forward. It's easy to get on the radio or, you know, get in print and tell people that the leadership's no good in the Senate and, you know, we just need to do what I'm demanding. And if, if we do that, everything's going to be fine. But that's just not the way it works. And I don't think the people of the state really would want it to work that way. So- I mean... Cindy, let me ask there you this. Are a lot of, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Well, yeah, okay. Well, a, I, I'm going to. I'm going to ask you this. You're a person of faith. I see it on your Facebook. You are doing a weekly podcast now to explain what's going on. It seems as though there's a need. You have a. You have related to that a personal amount of humility in terms of recognizing reality, being a, a good listener, and trying to take all sides and get things done. Why is it that we can't have some humility among all of your colleagues in the Senate 
to to get down and like you said maybe be willing to blink a little bit if everyone blinks a little bit is it possible that that you and senator rowden could maybe move things along quicker so there isn't that last minute rush i don't know is it possible that the eagles and the freedom caucusers of the world could say hey let's let them do their work because they are about the same things we are or is that just a pipe dream no i mean i think we did that last year you know, I, I spend a, a lot of time talking to all the senators and asking what they wanted to get done, offering to help them get it done. And it seems like what has changed this year is it's an election year. And several of the people in the Freedom Caucus are running for statewide positions. And while Senator Eigel doesn't like me to connect what's going on with with that, I mean, I believe there's a direct connection. If you're the loudest voice and you're talking about how you would you would get all of these things done if we just had better people on the other end, well, people who don't understand how it actually works might fall for that. But, you know, you need to have open and fair debate, and we need to be able to get to the conservative measures we actually do have that are sitting and waiting for the ability to get to the floor. Now, we've got only got about 30 seconds here, but I want to end on a positive note. You did uh, mention that, you know, the normal process is that these measures move through um, and these proposals move through committee. So what is on your plate this week as far as bills that you are looking forward to hearing from people on in committee this week? Oh, my goodness. Well, the one the ones that I mentioned before, we have it, we have 12 initiative petition bills filed. We have 20 school reform bills filed. We have 31 tax reform bills filed. We have probably six at least six bills filed that have to do with utility and energy generation. Let's don't forget that um you know, we had a real concern this year that customers were going to be literally almost priced out of the market and have to shut off their air conditioners Mm. in the middle of summer. I mean, all of those things are are waiting to be heard. All right. Well, Senator Cindy O'Loughlin, we thank you for answering the tough questions and um, continuing to ask that your leadership be uh, respected and followed. I, I, for one, would like to see that happen. This doesn't seem to be such a tough thing. I don't know why everyone's making it that way. We'll continue to follow up with you and appreciate your input and your leadership. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, there she is. Well, your thoughts on that. uh, Well, there'll be time at 8 o'clock to talk about that. Coming up, John, what you got on your plate? Well, kids, some surefire secrets to guarantee a snow day. Ooh, can't wait. We haven't had enough of those, have we? We'll be back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Except for this. So, remember when a snow day meant sledding, hot chocolate, and then uh, zoning out on cartoons? Yep, the kids will try anything to get a snow day. 
So here are some of the best snow-inducing superstitions. Kids have been wearing their pajamas inside out and backwards with the hope Mother Nature might reward them with the snowstorm. How about sleep with a spoon under your pillow with the hope Mother Nature will show up instead of the tooth fairy? For extra insurance, they say put the spoon in the freezer for an hour first. (laughs) Or flush an ice cube down the toilet for every inch of snow that you want. A white crayon on the windowsill often works. Here's the one I like. Uh, Wear plastic bags like the ones the newspapers come in over your socks and shoes. And if not, be like my dad. Make make sure the snowblower will start. When it won't, you get no snow. (laughs) Who doesn't love a Rockwell snow day? And I'm sure there'll be more coming up. Parents don't. When we come back, let's uh, hear your thoughts on the Missouri legislature.